everybody. Welcome back to the Human Nutrition and Lifestyle Podcast. Today on the podcast, I've got somebody very exciting for you. I've got Mr. Dave Mack. So Dave, if you just want to introduce yourself a little bit, tell us about what you do and what sort of kind of things interest you. Okay, so Matthew, thank you so much for having me. Um, so uh, as way of a quick introduction, uh, I live in Japan and uh, I'm actually uh, from Australia and uh, despite the complexion and um, I've been living in Japan now for about 17 years and um, I guess uh, I guess we uh, we connected due to uh, I saw one of your interviews with uh, Bart K about nutrition and um, it was very impressive I've been doing the carnivore diet and been following Bart K for a while. So uh, I was very interested. So what got you into nutrition then in the first place? I presume you haven't always been into nutrition. Maybe there was a, a point in your life where you thought, hang on a minute, I need to have a look into this nutrition thing. Yeah, quite recently, actually. Um, so um, the beginning of June this year, I was... Uh, I'd been eating a lot of junk food. Um, I was feeling pretty bad. I uh, was talking to my doctor about something else and the topic of health came up. And the doctor presumed that I was pre-diabetic and um, also cautioned me about my alcohol consumption. And um, getting those two messages at once from the doctor and the seriousness of how the messages came across, I just thought, you know, it's time to do something about this. And um, it, it had always been in the back of my head that I needed to do something, but I was a bit, you know, the doctor saying it directly to me made, made it real. So um, I knew about low carb. I've done low carb before. And I've had success on it before. So I decided the next day, that's it. No more carbohydrates or, or very low carb. And um, so I started on this low carb diet. I was doing okay. And just over time with little things, it, it graduated from low carb to keto to ketovore and um, eventually ended up as carnivore. And um I'm doing really well on carnivore now. I've lost about uh, 15 kilos or 34 pounds and uh, feeling really good. So was that something then that the doctor sort of told you to go down the low carbohydrate route? Was it something that he, he promoted to you to do? No, no, no. He just told me I needed to do something. Um, you know, um, Did I, he promote I... anything at all for you to do? Did he give you a, an idea of what you needed to change? Uh, very simply, you know, exercise and, you know, eat less fat and all that kind of thing. But I, um, I've done a lot of diets in my life. And the only thing that's ever worked for me was low carb. And um, I, I was doing basically the Atkins diet back in 2000. And I'd lost so much weight, and I was feeling so good about myself. And it was great. But um, there was a lot of negative TV at that time around Atkins, um, early 2000s in Australia. Like there were a lot of people doing it at that, that point. And so the news just jumped on it and they were like, oh, this thing's going to kill everyone. They're all going to get heart disease. They're all going to get this. They're all going to get that. And it just scared me. 
And I worked with a guy who was, we were computer programmers, but he was a trained nutritionist and he was on me every day as well. He was like, oh, you've got to be eating, you know, your breads and your rices and all this kind of thing. And so the pressure just got a bit much and I gave it up. But of course, the weight just came back. Yeah, that's it. I mean, it's so unfortunate that still even now healthcare professionals are not actually looking into low carb. They're not looking into carnivore style nutritions which could help a lot of people we're still on a lot of anecdotal evidence and to suggest mm. that these kind of nutritions are good for people that's why obviously we try and get out as much information as possible as as we can and hopefully mm. turn their heads at some point but tell us your journey then you went on your low carb to start off with let's break it down a little bit more because you said that it's very recent so it seems like you've gone on a bit of a fast track from low carb all the way through to carnivore <laughs> It, it was very fast track, you know, like I didn't go from eating normally to going straight to, you know, something as extreme as going carnivore, but it, it happened very quickly. So I started on the low carb and I was doing pretty well. And, you know, um, I, at this stage, I don't, I don't have anything against vegetables, you know, and I'm thinking, well, I've always been told I need to get my vitamin C from veggies. So I was trying to incorporate, you know, some, red peppers and yellow peppers because i've heard they're high in vitamin c and you know some bok choy and all that kind of thing into what i was eating and um i was starting to get gastrointestinal upsets often and um i was like this isn't this has never happened to me before what's going on and so um i started watching some videos about um, you know, what might cause gastrointestinal up, upsets on low carb. And I think it was Dr. Ken, one of Dr. Ken Berry's videos that I found. And uh, he was talking about how um, a lot of vegetables, in particular nightshade vegetables, will, you know, they've got a lot of um, stuff in them that will upset you, a lot of toxins, basically, that will upset you. And I thought, hang on, well, he's describing the exact thing that I'm eating and he's talking about the exact symptoms that I'm getting. And so um, basically I started reducing and, you know, I started seeing improvements and I just thought, okay, well, I'm going to cut it out and see how it'll go. And I've, I've never, I've never looked back from there. So um, ever my, since you've cut diet... those things out, those plants mm. out, those kind of nights, ever since you've cut those things out, you haven't felt the need to bring them back in. You felt great without them. Oh, I feel like a hundred times better, you know, and it's kind of scary that people are eating things that, you know, are, are good for you. Um, but taking them out of your diet actually makes you feel better. It's, it's, it's a really scary thought. Yeah, I mean, I always advocate for the fact of people trying something like carnivore, taking it down to the base level. That means stripping everything mm. out because then at least you know how your body feels. Like yourself, you stripped everything out, took it all the way back down mm. to carnivore and thought, hang on a moment, I feel great here. Why change when you feel great? Why change it? But there's that many people yeah. out there now not actually realizing how they feel, thinking they are doing the correct things, like you say, introducing the plants and all the things that the media and the health professionals tell you to have, all the grains and things, don't actually realize they could feel better. They could feel better than what they feel at the moment. 
Exactly. Yeah. And like, if you describe it to someone, the most common thing you hear from people is, I could never do that. I could never do that. But it's like, well, that's what everyone, including myself, would think when they first hear about it. But you just got to try it. It's like, you know, everyone who's a professional skydiver probably thought at one point in their life, I could never jump out of a plane. But they do, you know. So, yeah. So how do you but make right... it sustainable then, Dave? How do you keep keep on going with it? Because there's lots of people that I've spoken to have said that carnivore nutrition is great for a certain period of time whilst you figure out the what's going on with your body, whilst you figure out mm. if your digestive issues are clearing up or whatever symptoms you've had. Whilst you figure that out, mm. it's great to be on the carnivore nutrition. But then how do you continue that to make it sustainable for a lifestyle? Is it just something that happens to continue or do you really have to work at it no well see that's the thing um you don't have to work at it at all like this it's just so easy to stick to like and you know having been on other diets in my life you know like all the other diets are really the cabbage soup diet the low calorie diet whatever you want to you know pull out there the the all these diets are so difficult to stick to because you're starving yourself. Um, but carnivore is different. Like um, you just eat when you need to eat and then that's it, you know, and you feel satiated. Um, before we came on, I just had a couple of slabs of butter, you know, like it's, it's, it's great. So are you, are you an advocate of that then? Do you continue just to eat when you're hungry or do you actually put in times when you potentially don't eat or do you just listen to, to your body as you go? So I've kind of just worked it. And this, this is something that happened by accident as well. And I just kind of fell into, but I've kind of worked it that I'm doing one meal a day and it's breakfast. So I get up and I, I do a bit of work and get ready to leave the house and all that kind of thing. And then I make, um, make breakfast and eat my breakfast and never eat again and uh, i mean apart from you know a little snack like some butter or something and and that's been great and is that just something that's happened to you you haven't forced that upon yourself you haven't said to yourself uh, that right i'm just going to eat breakfast and then what i'm going to do is i'm not going to eat the rest of the day or is it just something that that's the pattern your body has found you've just settled into that yeah, so it, it I just kind of settled into it. Like it all started, there was a weekend, I think, that I I woke up um, quite late and it's unusual for me to wake up late. And by the time I'd actually made breakfast, it was kind of midday or something and just made myself this massive bowl of eggs because I was, you know, busy doing some other things. And um, I, I found I ate that and because I was eating it later than usual, I was just, I was satiated all day, didn't feel hungry, got to dinner time. And I was like, I can't be bothered cooking. I don't feel hungry enough. And it was just from that day, I was like, oh, this is awesome. I can do this one meal a day and, and it's actually convenient because yeah, I can was... do all this other stuff. I'm never thinking about food. I'm never thinking about, oh, what am I going to have for dinner or, you know. That's brilliant because lots of people who try carnivore, who start, start off with carnivore, also introduce fasting straight away with the mm. carnivore nutrition and try and balance both of them, both changes, both big changes 
in their nutrition together and, and potentially force fasting a little bit and don't fulfill their nutritional intake, what they need um, for the whole day, depending on whether they're athletes or whether they're just, just a general public. Mm. So I would always say to somebody not to force any type of fasting, especially when you're starting off with it and just listen to your body, which is what you do, which is absolutely great. Yeah, I a hundred percent agree with you. You know, like fasting is something. If you're doing carnivore, fasting is something you're going to fall into at some point. It's just going to happen because you're just going to be like, "I'm not hungry. I don't need to eat now." Yeah, there's no, no need to force it. There's I, there's never been a time in my life where I've gone for any length of time and not had to think about food, and that's just one of the best things about this. Yeah, that's it. That's great. Yeah. Um, so talk to us a bit about body composition as well, because lots of people will uh, get the advice potentially from a health professional, even a personal trainer or somebody to say, well, you need to exercise more. If you want a toned physique, if you want to lose a little bit of body fat, then you need to exercise more. But is it really mm. the exercise that helps your body composition or can something like changing nutrition or a better nutritional nutrition towards carnival help with your body composition? Well, I mean, I've got no numbers or anything, but my, my feeling is that, uh, I mean, carnivore is perfect for um, building muscle, uh, losing weight, of course, but also building muscle and building muscle very quickly. Um it's i've i've never experienced muscle growth um like like i have until i went on carnivore like doesn't matter what i did i've i've spent you know a long time in the gym when i was younger and never got results and, and do you um, exercise now as well on top of changing nutrition have you have you changed any sort of exercise or, or do do you just do general exercise i i've started doing um like some push-up routines and some crunch routines and stuff like that, just because I'm getting results, you know, like if I, if, if I just kind of stayed around the same as I'd always been, I would, I wouldn't be bothered about it. I'd just be happy with the weight loss, but just seeing how quickly the muscle builds from basically doing nothing. And it's like, Oh, well, I'm going to make the most of this then. And, you know, I don't have the time to actually go to the gym or anything like that. But, you know, just uh, 20 minutes a day or something doing push-ups and crunches. And and there's an appreciable difference. Yeah. So t tell us a little bit about what happened to you in the past then, Dave. I know that you, on your YouTube channel, I follow your YouTube channel, you speak about um, having a stroke. Um, is, was yeah. that something that brought you into this way of life was that something that made you stand up and think so <laughs> um so the stroke actually happened when i was 17 so i'm almost i'm almost 48 now so it was it was 30 years ago and um it uh, i went to bed felt okay woke up the next day and i had an aneurysm burst in my head and um, I woke up and just thought, oh, I, I've got a headache. Why have I got a headache? I feel, you know, I feel really off. But I just put it down to oh, I must have some virus or something. And I, I got ready and 
um, went about my normal day. Um, and I think because it happened to me when I was so young, when you were, when you are particularly young, you feel really resilient about stuff and you tend not to, um, you tend not to think about your mortality and all that so much and dwell on it. And I think because it happened at that time, I don't, even now, I don't really appreciate how lucky I am. And so having had the stroke was never something I considered about, like I, I always ate badly and dieted from, you know, intermittently. The only intermittent thing I did before was dieting, um, but it never seemed to work apart from the low carb stuff, but it, I never did it as part of uh, stroke therapy or whatever. Although I've noticed even 30 years later, I've noticed appreciable differences in um, or or appreciable improvements in some of the some of the. Um, you know, uh, longer lasting stroke effects. So um, my balance has improved a lot. My coordination's improved a lot. Um, my strength is uh, better in my right side, which is it's the right side that's affected. Um, I don't limp as much as I, I was before. So, you know, there are there are some great things that have happened seemingly because of Carnival. That's great. And I, I know a, a lot of the time on your channel, you say you sometimes do tongue-in-cheek things and say in your big titles about uh, don't do this on Carnival, do do this on Carnival, you know. Uh, and quite often people are drawn mm. into the fact because they want to know why not to do carnival they want to know the negatives of carnival mm. that's why people are drawn into it because everybody yes. thinks that there must be something wrong with it there has to be um a catch here there has to be something yeah um why everybody's not doing it so tell us what the downsides to carnival are if there are any um so i think the stage that I'm at now in my life, I don't feel that there's that much of a downside to it. Um, initially, when you're first getting started, I mean, there's probably a lot of downsides you can pick out, you know, like your you, friends want to go out for dinner with you or something like that. And, you know, you can only eat a limited selection of what's on offer or you you know, you can't drink alcohol with your friends and, you know, all, all that kind of thing. But those kind of things, for me at least, um, they kind of passed, you know. And and I, I remember this kind of thing when I was doing Atkins initially as well. You know, you have those kind of feelings of missing out a lot at the start. But after a few weeks, you kind of get this feeling of kind of, self-control that you're not even conscious of you know and uh, so now I can I can go out and enjoy social events and stuff with friends and not worry about the fact they're eating some chocolate cake or something in front of me I can just go well yeah I acknowledge the chocolate cake it looks nice but I don't feel drawn to it in any way you know is that the advice that you would give to somebody starting out then somebody who potentially has been on a high carbohydrate nutrition or somebody who has dipped their toe into a little bit of keto, would it be then that just to take it stage by stage or go in it full turkey and think, well, just change your mindset? Is that what you would say to people? 
So I, I thinking about my own situation, like I'm kind of an all or nothing kind of guy, right? So I'm either, you know, I'm either a chain smoker or I don't smoke. I'm either an alcoholic or I don't drink. You know, it's like it's one thing or the other, you know. And um, so for me, going into something was whether it's low carb, ketovore, carnivore, whatever it happens to be, I would say try try and get as close to what you want it to be as possible when you're starting. Don't go crazy. Like if you're on a seriously high carbohydrate diet at the moment, you're eating, you know, pasta and rice every day and, you know, desserts and all that kind of thing. I wouldn't go crazy and just start like meat only the next day. I would start by like cutting out anything that's processed first. And then, you know, so keep all your veggies and fruits, just cut out the processed stuff and then maybe step step that up a little bit in a week or two by cutting out any fruits, get rid of the fructose and then, you know, just just go like that transition in but you know have a have a very clear goal in your mind about like this is where i want to get to and i want to get there as quickly as i can that's great um, and that's 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 mm. a, a really good process to take is to gradually drop yourself off the carbohydrates and gradually get to to where you want to be some people yeah. hover around about the 90 to 95 percent what i would call animal-based nutrition mm. whilst that is really really good um, I would say always go to 100%. If you think that you're going to be able to hover around the 90 to 95% with potentially a few fruits in there and some non-starchy vegetables, whatever you want, we've seen that kind of thing across the internet of people calling themselves carnivores and doing that, which is mm. fine in my opinion, as long as you've already been 100% carnivore. Because if you've already been 100% carnivore, then you know what you can add in to your nutrition to not allow yourself to reverse uh, yeah. any kind of uh, disease or any kind of digestive issue that you've got. But if you are stopping at the 90% mark without already have been to 100%, then you still don't know. So yes, I, mm. I totally agree with what you're saying. And at the moment, you are 100%. Is that correct? Yeah, you're right, right at the top. Uh. Uh, I wouldn't say I'm 100% because I still drink coffee. Right, <laughs> right. So that's something that uh, that's maybe, a, a you know, a bridge too far for me at the moment. I, I, I need to give up coffee, I think, because, I mean, it's not good for your brain. Uh, um and it affects your sleep and all that kind of thing so i do need to give it up but it's going to be a much slower process to wean myself off that yeah and, and i think you will only find out like i say when you do do it when you get rid of it mm, because caffeine does yeah. affect everybody differently some people don't really feel the super effects that caffeine can give you the bursts in energy and the highs from caffeine some people um are more let's say susceptible to it than others so mm. you you could be one of them, you could not be one of them. So I've been 100% yeah. myself and added caffeine back in and not really felt very much different. You know, obviously not adding right. loads of caffeine, just potentially um, one, one cup a day in the morning. That's it. Not really felt any benefit. But, but other people can add in the caffeine and be like, whoa, yeah, I can see the difference now. It has given me a really mm. big spike like those sugars tend to do. And then I've come down the other side and felt rubbish for it. 
So <laughs> caffeine's one of those things like plants, like your nightshades that you say, it's all of that. So if you're listening to this and, mm. you, and you still need to take something out, then do it. Have a spell, 30 days, something like that. And then you will yeah. know the difference. You will, you will get to feel that in yourself. But all right, then you're potentially 99%, let's say. <laughs> But yeah, yeah. I mean, like, if uh, yeah, if anything that comes from a plant, if if we're including that, then yeah, definitely. Um, I'm maybe yeah, ninety eight percent because I do drink a lot of coffee. But uh, yeah, that's the only thing. Yeah, but I, I presume you felt the whole difference about, like you said earlier, taking out those specific plants taking out those nightshades taking out fruit. oh yeah yeah it was it, it was like chalk and cheese yeah it's like yeah and and you've not yet experimented with trying to add anything like that back in no i i kind of feel like i'm i just feel so happy and calm and everything at this point i feel like why would i even risk it you know, like it's not even a conscious decision. It's just, it's just a feeling of like, I'm okay right now. And yeah, so I just stick this way. That's great because what I'm trying to get the my my thought across here, what I'm trying to get to is the fact that carnivore is often said a lot on the internet saying you've got to be carnivore, you've got to do this. It's best to be carnivore, be optimal, be carnivore. But carnivore can mean something different to everybody. So you could mm. be, you could basically be 90% animal based, still have a few fruits, still have some non-starch vegetables and basically be a carnivore, a hyper carnivore is what is what it's generally called. And you can still yeah. call yourself carnivore, but then there's the other person who's 98%, who's 100% calling themselves carnivore as well. I don't think there mm. should be any kind of battle or any kind of, bad feelings between both of those sets of people i mean there is those there is those influencers out there we know of them that that eat a lot of fruit on a carnivore style nutrition mm. but the good thing about that is it encourages more people into a carnivore into an animal based nutrition knowing that they could potentially have those sort of things in their nutrition it's not always about being 100% strict is the message i try and get out there yeah, I, I would agree with that. I mean, I heard a good quote from someone else the other day. It was, don't let the perfect be the enemy of the good. And and that that's uh, that's a really good way of looking at it, right? Like someone's 80% carnivore, but they're encouraging people into the community and they're, they're waking people up about the dangers of some of the processed foods they're eating, then that's a good thing, you know? Yeah, let's face it. At the end of the day, it is those processed foods. It, it is all the processed foods that are getting infiltrated by the seed oils um, and basically mm. have a, a list of ingredients longer than your arm it is those type of things <laughs> that we want to get out of everybody's nutrition if we could turn the whole world to just eating real foods even if that is vegetables mm. and fruits then imagine the health everybody would have yeah i mean it, the th the trouble is it would put a lot of big businesses out of out of business if you could do one thing in your nutrition, I'll say, leave the carbohydrates for a moment. Just get rid of the seed oils because because seed oils are polyunsaturated fats. OK, and we do need polyunsaturated fats, don't we? As as human beings, mm. we need the DHA and the EPA and, and the omega-3s, the omega-6s. Everybody's heard about those. Yes, we need them to function as humans. And, and they are in polyunsaturates, which are seed oils. But 
it's the amount, firstly, that everybody's consuming, the amount of seed oils, because like I just said, they're in everything. So then mm. our ratio of polyunsaturates to saturates just gets thrown way out of proportion. And also the mm. oxidization process of it too. Um, it just infiltrates your human cells um, and causes cell adaptation, cell death, um, all sorts of kind of mutations, which can lead to certain things like cancer uh, in the in the uh, worst case scenario. So mm. that's why I always say, if there's one thing to get out of your nutrition today, after listening to us, yes, we want everybody to be animal-based. We want everybody to aim towards carnivore, but get rid of those seed oils. They're the things um, causing you, the, causing most people the most amount of problems. But then your next yeah. step is carbohydrates. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, and, you know, I, I've seen... Um, I, I I've seen so many things improve just by getting rid of the carbohydrates. Um, and you know, one of the one of the big things again, if everyone did this, there'd be industries falling. But one of the big things, uh, just cutting out the carbohydrates, is my gum disease is gone. And you know, uh, like now. I mean, I was always a twice a day toothbrusher and whatever, but now I forget to brush my teeth more than once a day um, because it's just you don't have that feeling of that that disgusting feeling of plaque on your teeth anymore, you know? And so the bleeding gums have gone, the sensitivity is gone, the teeth feel stronger than ever, and um, and the bad breath is gone. Yeah, that's great. Right. Any so the, dentist will tell yeah. you that the thing that's harming your gums, the thing that's causing the plaque buildup in your mouth is sugar. Now, any dentist will tell mm. you to get rid of sugar. So we know that you can use sugar and carbohydrates as the same thing. So you're ingesting yeah. carbohydrates, you're ingesting sugar. It's sitting around in your mouth and obviously helping to build up the plaque. So if you get rid of carbohydrates, then you get rid of sugar. Yeah, I, I can't speak highly enough of this way of eating. It's awesome. So you talked a little bit, you said a little bit there about, about getting energy as well. And everybody mm. who, who knows when you're on a carnivore nutrition, who knows when they go animal-based, um, they may uh, straight away initially lose a little bit of energy. They may, when they're changing from a high-carbohydrate nutrition over to a more, let's say, high-fat nutrition, which it generally tends to mm. be, they'll suffer a little bit of lacking energy. But once you get over that that lump, like you've probably found, do you then maintain energy can you get more energy from this way of eating um in my experience with the the energy it's just consistent the whole time like i never i've i never feel kind of oh i've just got no energy i can't do anything anymore you know which is the way i would have felt before like i mean i i get mentally drained if i've been doing a lot of uh, a lot of work or i've been busy at work or whatever but like it's never exhausting and it, it's just yeah the best way i could describe this consistent um and i went through that kind of that dip you know when you when you're becoming fat adapted but it was maybe a week 
and and it's over and done with you know and i i realize that's probably different for for everybody but um yeah i felt i felt pretty rough for a week and and lacking in a lot of energy but then when it comes good it really comes good yeah that's great that's that's the perfect thing mm. to say because everybody will experience it it doesn't matter how well you try and transition people use electrolytes and all sorts of kind of things to mm. to help them stop uh, losing that energy but it's your body's way of transitioning from one type of energy source which would predominantly be carbohydrates if you're on a high carbohydrate um, nutrition to another energy source which are your fats generally um, mm. and could also be a little bit of proteins a process called gluconeogenesis and what happens is because you're so used to being on the roller coaster effect lots of people now must have heard of the roller coaster effect you ingest carbohydrates it gives you that instant burst of energy so you feel great but then what tends to happen is your insulin spikes and it brings that roller coaster effect back down underneath usually what's normal for you and then you have to eat again to get more energy and then brings you back down and it's just a roller coaster up and down all yeah. day so this is where people get the idea that you need carbohydrates for energy from because you're constantly up and then you're down and then you're constantly up and down so you need those carbohydrates to boost you up if you are on a carbohydrate nutrition but as you just say mm. If you're on a better nutrition, a fat adapted, more, getting your energy better from fats and, and from sometimes proteins, then you can stay on a level playing ground all day. And it feels like you just have energy whenever you want it. Yeah, exactly. Like there's no, um, there's, I mean, I don't eat lunch now, right? But, um, you know, there, there's no kind of thing where it's like you go out for lunch, you have that big bowl of pasta or something, you know, and then, of course, you've got the, you're back in the office and you have that afternoon slump. There's no concept of that once you're fat adapted. Um, it's just, yeah, energy all day. That's great. And mm. have you got then any tips for people? So let's say we've, manage to encourage people to look towards this type of eating let's say people are now curious they want to dive into to carnivore what are your best tips to be able firstly to change your cupboards in your house you know get over to having more better produce in your house and also to be able to plan what you're going to do going forwards mm. so for changing the cupboards, I'm not sure of the best way to do that, right? Because I've always been a relatively simple eater, even when I was on a high high carb. Like I always kind of eat the same kind of things, right? So it's pretty easy for me to swap out the the kitchen stuff. But I, I honestly, I, I, with that, I would say, you know, I would just change everything, right? I would just change everything over, get rid of all the junk out of the kitchen because whatever you're and if you're stepping if you're stepping or transitioning in like where you're only going to get rid of processed food first get rid of fruit the next and all that kind of thing then i would just get rid of things as you step through that process so get all the processed food out because it's going to be a temptation at first until you're fat adapted things are going to tempt you so i would just get that stuff out honestly i think one of the things that i would have liked to have heard when i was starting out was 
um, how to deal with family and friends when you're starting to do this, right? Um, because as supportive as your family and friends want to be, you know, the flippant comments and all that kind of thing can make you feel really bad when you're really trying hard to stick to this diet. So um, when family are like, come on, just have a bit of cake or come on, you're not fun anymore. You used to eat with us and all this kind of thing. I would, I would kind of just take this tactic with them. I would just say, look, um, let me try this out for 30 days or let me try this out for 60 days. Just give me time to try this out. I know that you don't agree with this. I know that you don't like this, but let me just try it for a period of time. If it doesn't work and if I'm getting sick or if, you know, uh, I don't lose the weight or whatever, then I'll, I'll try it your way. I'll try it the chocolate cake way. But, you know, and until then, let me, you know, let me spend these 60 days just doing it my way. And if you see results, then you can be happy for me and let me continue. That's great. I mean, I've not heard that before. That's a really good tip because generally, and we know going through it ourselves, generally that the results will speak for themselves. So if you ask people mm. to give you time just to go through it yourself, then you can show them what happens on the other side of 30 days, 60 days, <laughs> however long you want yeah. to stay. <laughs> and, and the thing is, once you get fat adapted and you're feeling better and you've got lots of energy, there's this awesome thing you can start doing. You can start saying to people when they say, oh, wow, you've lost all this weight. What happened? You can say, I ate 10 eggs and a kilo of beef every day. That's how I lost the weight. And just look at their eyes getting larger and larger and larger when they're thinking, what the cholesterol, the this, the that, you know? Yeah, that's great. And, and then you can also answer them all those questions when you deep dive into it even more like we have and like your great YouTube channel does, emphasizing all the mm. things. So uh, I don't want to keep you too long today. I don't want to take up all your time. Uh, thank you very much for joining us on the podcast, but I want you to tell everybody where they can find you and, and tell them that your YouTube, where you can find you on YouTube and anything else you have, like a website or any social media. Where I want everybody to follow along with you, Dave, and pick up all the great things that you've got. Thanks a lot, Matthew. So, um, yeah, anyone that wants to check out my channel, they can go to youtube.com uh, slash uh, no carb life um, or it's uh, at zero carb. You can find me there or just go to zero carb dot diet and that'll uh, send you through to my YouTube. That's brilliant. Thank you very much for joining us again today, Dave. It's been a great conversation and I'll keep following along with you. Great content you're putting out there. Thanks a lot, Matthew.